0: Vestron is is basically bringing a new um, slate of crop inputs to agriculture, and we're doing it via uh, small peptides, naturally occurring peptides. Um, so, these this technology has been around for a number of years. It's in a lot of the literature. There's always been a lot of challenges with you know how do we produce these at scale? Uh, what's the regulatory path? Um, and then then how do you really make them, them active because they are larger than traditional synthetics. Uh, but much like the pharma world, um, these have a very high affinity for essentially a drug target uh, interaction. Uh, so they perform a lot like synthetics um, and you get that similar level of efficacy. Um, over the years, Vestron uh, you know, is about 12 years old now as a company. Uh, historically been very much R&D and over that time period they've they figured out how to make these things work, um, both from a production standpoint as well as regulatory and uh, bioavailability. So, um, you know, we're we coming off year three of commercialization uh, in the U.S., which, which has uh, been really exciting. Um, but what we're finding is these truly are direct replacements for traditional synthetic chemistry, and, and the industry really hasn't seen these to date. Uh, so we're really excited to be able to bring these Um, novel mode of action peptides to the market.
1: Yeah, that's cool. When you're when you do get a chance to talk with somebody new in the industry who really can Mm -hmm. understand what you know, the intricacies and the background and understand kind of what you provide. Are there things that you find that people are surprised to hear about the progress you've made or maybe misconceptions that they are still holding on to any any kind of reactions like that?
0: Yeah, you know, the industry has been um, has a lot of preconceived notions, I guess is what I'll say. Um, You know, we've Biologicals have been around for 30 plus years, and I think there's a bit of a stigma attached to them still. Um, so for us, it, it really took a lot of, um, you know, show me with, with growers, with, with our channel partners, um, with key influencers and researchers in the market. Uh, I think everybody's kind of heard, OK, these these softer technologies, um, they, they still have to be used with synthetics. Um, they're not a direct replacement. So for us, it really took a lot of um, demonstration work, a lot of trial development work, Um, you know, in in growers and and the channels, seeing it both in a high pressure year, low pressure year. um, And now that we're hitting year four of being commercial, you know, I think people are starting to understand that, yeah, this technology is, is most likely where the future is going when it comes to insecticides as a true replacement, um, you know, for their traditional chemistries, um, or just in an IPM program with those traditional chemistries.
1: Yeah, are you ever there when you see it click in people's minds and they like they get it? Like they maybe they were skeptical, but like what is it? What what's that moment? What's that thing that gets them like, oh, okay, I see what you see now.
0: Yeah, I think you know we, we had a customer out in California in an almond uh, orchard who gave us a shot here about a year ago, year or two ago, and. Um, he's like, I I have nothing to lose in this field. So I'm going to put you guys out and see what you do in a worst case scenario. And we held it down below 2% um, and brought it down. Traditionally, they're about 12, 13% infestation. And, um, you know, after that, they're the comments were were pretty good. It's like, well, we we do have a replacement. He's like, we've seen it in a high pressure situation. You kind of see that light bulb go off to your point and, and you kind of have a customer at that point. So it's, it's fun to see that. Um, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to it this year. We're, we're coming into row crops this year, uh, in 2023. So again, really excited to kind of see, you know, how we can change some things from our, even a row crop standpoint, uh, in 23.
1: Yeah. I mean, you guys have been working on this technology for a while, but in, from the commercialization and the rollout standpoint, you're still, still kind of early days and you're progressing oh, yeah. pretty quickly. What, what have been, if you look at, I mean, you're, you guys have global ambitions and global relevance. Like where do you see in what sectors or what regions have you seen like the, the quickest uh, uptick in this? And they're the ones who are like grabbing it first. Like where, where do you see like those first movers at right now?
0: Um, it's generally in situations where you have high levels of resistance already, you know, spear our first product um, was the first novel nerve and muscular mode of action in about 15 years since the diamides. And when we got that mode of action, it really gave growers a new solution. So when you look at, um, you know, specifically, uh, we launched in Mexico just this past season. Um, there are spots in central Mexico where there's just completely resistance to diamides. Um, has resistance down there. So they they're looking for anything new just to get into the rotation. And once they saw that spear was a replacement for these and could really work into those rotations, um, you know, it, it really set them up for success the, on the balance of the season. We also really see it the big opportunity really with Europe and a lot of the changes that are being made in Europe. You know, growers are losing AIs at, at a record pace, uh, specifically, um, you know, in, in the higher value crops they are running out of products to use. So, um, you know, our ability to get... <clears throat> become registered and get commercial in Europe here over the next couple of years is going to be really critical to uh, growers having you know, new tools uh, in the future that, that are, that again, kind of truly offer that advocacy that they're used to seeing.
1: Yeah. So you've worked at a number of spots in your career. What was it whenever you understood what the product could do? Maybe you met some of the leaders in the team, like what made you say, okay, I'm going to put years of my life into this. Like, what was it that attracted you to
0: this? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Actually. Um, I, I still remember that day. Um, so I, I actually went over to, to Kalamazoo to where R&D headquarters are and I interviewed with our, um, CSO, uh, Bob Kennedy, and he's been with the company, um, almost since inception, I think two years after the company was founded and to, to listen to him talk with the passion that his teams had on, you know, figuring this technology out over the past decade. Um, really kind of got me excited about the technology and about bringing something different novel to the industry that they really haven't seen yet. And, you know, at, at that point, this was back in like mid 2018, um, you know, there was still a lot of things not proven. Uh, so it was, it was a bit of a risk coming over, but on paper, you know, you see 30 years ago in, in pharma, things shifted from small molecule synthetic to biologics and and those are generally proteins. So, you kind of see the the drug target interaction piece and if it works in human health why wouldn't this work in in an agricultural input setting with with insecticides so um, you know we started out of the gate in 2018 and 2019 putting together some pretty robust uh, field trial uh, summaries and, and getting it out in a lot of different crops a lot of different uses and before we knew it we, we had all the theories that we had on paper were actually becoming true. And uh, now we've seen it three years into commercialization. It's been really exciting.
1: That's cool. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I, I was talking with a guy yesterday and I asked him the same question. Um, and he said, he, he said, it's the passion. Like the, when you meet a founder, who's got not only passion, but like conviction that this is going to work. It doesn't matter if the thing works or not yet. Like you see that it's going to because they're not going to stop until it does. And right. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And it, it's yeah. addictive. It's a, it's addictive when you see it. And it almost makes you wonder like, how come, why do not, not all organizations function like that. Not all leaders are built like that. But man, when it's, you when you got one, you know
0: it. Yeah, and it's, it's a mindset, right? I mean, you, you've got to, to your point, you've got to really believe in it. But I think when you see, when you see the technology, you see it work, and then you see it help a grower's operation out, That that's when kind of everything really clicks. And um, not everybody's got the risk tolerance to do it that early, um, but uh, this this has been one that uh, has been really good from from my standpoint. I think most of my team is really excited to be bringing this to the market. We'll look back on it, hopefully, in a few years and be really excited. That's <laughs> cool. We got to,
1: yeah. Well, it sounds like it's an easy in whenever there's like a pain point and they're kind of running out of options and they're just looking for another option right that sounds like yep. a, probably the easiest in but then you've got some others who are being trying to be proactive and maybe they're thinking a little bit long term and they're looking at maybe the long-term benefits that it has do you even in those situations do you run up against obstacles or obstacles like I don't know this is a change to how I do things and I'm not only is there maybe a risk with a new solution but I'm I got to change my, the way I do this or that. I mean, do you run into that or is that pretty, people are pretty Um, open for that?
0: No, I think, I think most folks are pretty open, especially when you look at the specialty markets, you know, I think um, you've got consumer demand at an all-time high to know what's been sprayed on their food, right? And, And what's, what's going into the production of that crop. And you've got food companies and groceries that are putting more pressure back down the channel to the grower to either trace what has been going on in that field all the way through the channel or um, requiring them to eliminate certain things from their operation. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're hitting the market at kind of an inflection point. And the benefit with our technology is we are just a swap out. So there's nothing special the growers got to do. If anything, uh, what we've seen is we've offered a bit more operational flexibility to the large growers. So the guys that are running, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 acres of tree nuts, specifically around harvest, when they drop that harvest equipment into a field and they get a flare up, any other products you're going to have to wait three to five days before you can harvest with us, you can spray that morning and harvest in the afternoon. So it gives them a lot more operational flexibility, um, you know, from, from a large operation.
1: Yeah. I think that's key is to make sure that you don't have to significantly change what you do. In fact, it might even open up possibilities of what you can do. That's a pretty good selling point. I think for, yeah. for some, you, you talked about the inflection point there. Do you think consumer demand and, and retailer demand is at that inflection point? Do you think we're beyond it? Like what any, what's your feel on that?
0: Um I, I kind of feel like we're coming into it. Um You know, you look at, you look at some of the large uh, producers or you look at somebody like a kind bar who's, who's going for bee friendly almonds by 2025. Um, These are all things I don't think are going to slow up. I I think consumer demands pushing them more and more in this direction. Um, And I think technologies like ours that can, you know, help the growers still get the work they need done in the field and control the pests, uh, but also allow them to potentially market their crop for a premium by um, attaining certain targets, uh, whether it's around biodiversity and not harming pollinators or, um, you know, keeping a lot of the beneficials alive in the field just to to help control other pest populations. Um, I think it just, things are going more and more that direction. We see it in Europe. We're seeing it in California. Uh, we're seeing the pressure with the neonics across the board everywhere. Um, so I think it's just a to me, it's more of a matter of time. Uh, but I think we're really coming into um, kind of that time frame where, where things are going to be more demanded from yeah. the consumer and the groceries.
1: I think you and I were talking about this recently. It seems as if there's almost a new playbook that's emerging, um, that you know growers and advisors are either. <laughs> Uh, needing or are starting to create their own because there's so much new options for them. And if you start blending them together, you, I mean, you can make some pretty dramatic changes, I would assume. I mean, do you, do you feel like uh, your team is being, are you taking the message to the advisor or is the advisor coming to you and saying, Hey, we've heard about this. What do you can do on them? Is is a, is a little bit of both? Or do you feel it's a little bit more outbound versus inbound right now?
0: Um, I, I, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, there's there's so much really nice new technology coming into agriculture and it's coming in at such a fast pace, it can be overwhelming to yeah. the grower and, and the consultant, right? Um and I think, you know, how how you can how you can kind of move through the clutter and kind of make your voice heard a little bit more effectively is is gonna be key for a lot of these companies. Um, you know, over time, you know, there there may be some sort of do see maybe over time a little bit more of an aggregation where some of the technologies kind of partner up and work together um, to kind of cut through the noise and, and look for total solutions for growers. Um, but again, I think uh, it's it's still pretty early. There's a like I said, there's a lot of new technology coming, and I think it's just a matter of you know the next eighteen to twenty four months, a lot of this stuff's going to get sorted out. Just with yeah. how the markets are reacting right now.
1: Okay. So given that noise, I mean, a lot of that noise is all this competition and people making claims that, you know, may be good, maybe substandard to what you guys do. Like, are, right. that, are you running into frustrations where, you know, you you've you're hearing or you've got conversations that are like, well, we're going to do this and that because they do that. And you're like, no, 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 that is not at the same level. I mean, it, is that a frustration yeah. or do you feel like you're kind of standing alone right now?
0: No, I think for us, we're kind of standing alone. I I think specifically when you look at, um, you know, kind of the biosimilar world, um, kind of separating from traditional biologicals, um, technologies like ours kind of stand on their own right now. Um, I I wouldn't say we've got, um, you know, our direct competition is really the traditional synthetic products that are applied on that acre, right? Um, There's not really anybody else doing what we're doing just yet. Um, so we're kind of plowing some new ground as we go. Um, so I, th- I think for the most part, we're still standing on our own.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you're, you're pioneering a category which has its benefits, but also has its challenges, right? Like you gotta, you gotta not only sell the product, but also the category in some ways.
0: Yeah. You get a little bloodied up. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> for That's, that's the why door, the right?
1: reward is worth it, right? It is. It is. Absolutely. So, if you look forward to the next, let's just say year or two, if you're looking that far forward right now, yeah. um, what are some of the things on the horizon that are excited? I mean, I would assume some of it is probably the markets that you're moving into, but like, what, what are the things that you're looking at? You're like, that's gonna be fun. It's also probably gonna be challenging, but here we go.
0: Yeah. So, you know, obviously we're, we're kicking off a, into the row crop world this year. So it's going to be, it's going to be a, a lot of that. Um, we look forward to a lot of success in that. I think we've got a really good solution uh, for growers in the mid South and East Texas cotton. Um, you know, there's, there's Mexico. Uh, we will be fully registered for a full year now in Mexico. So our Mexico footprint is expanding very quickly. Uh, so we'll be opening up into two new States throughout Mexico this year. And, um, you know, our registration is, is in place in Europe. So a lot of business development and, um, you know, really starting to touch some new markets within Europe and getting them prepped for the the initial launch here in a couple of years. So a lot of things to do. Um, but I really see this year immediately with, with the row crop in the mid South and, um, um, Mexico is our our big markets to expand into.
1: Well, based on, you know, the successes you've seen so far, what do you think row crop growers are going to latch onto? Like what's the, of all the different talking points, Mm-hmm. what's is there one that you think stands out and they're like oh they're gonna like that
0: yeah you know it's been interesting in our work this year that, that we've done with a lot of demonstration work uh throughout arkansas and mississippi louisiana um we, we thought there were going to be some other attributes that kind of come to the top but mm-hmm. really what was the what resonated the most with growers is the fact that we didn't harm their beneficial populations yeah in the field. and they really they managed those to help control some of their plant bug issues and, and things like that and we didn't even think that was going to hit the radar, but the fact that we can come in now with the improvements we made as a company with our cost of goods, um, at price parity with the other products in the market and help them protect their, their beneficials and maybe delay another application, you know, that's money in a grower's pocket at that point. So I'm pretty excited about how that's going to go this season.
1: That's cool. Yeah, is the reason is we talked about this a little bit, but is the reason why you are standing alone right now because you figured out the manufacturing at scale and because you can achieve price parity, and that's the thing that other people have struggled with, or or is it you've just put more energy into it than others?
0: Um, so I I think we've we've got enough of a head start, and our our R and D team has been very offensive in terms of defining a, a strong IP backyard, right? So we've, we've got a lot of IP built up that really protects others from coming into this segment. Um, but I think more importantly is we've kind of really identified both the operational, you know, how, how we can get these uh, peptides to yield through the fermentation process at titers that get us to row crop cost of goods, but also that regulatory path has been defined very clearly in the U S um, and, and even in Mexico, to where we've got a, a very clean line of sight on what it takes to get a product from the point where you know we discover an AI to the point where we can launch it, and we've got that dialed into you know a, a relatively short time frame versus a traditional synthetic product. So um, feel pretty good where we're at in terms of competition right now, uh, specifically around peptides. Uh, but again. The company's definitely not taking its foot off the gas on that front. We, we're trying to stay three steps ahead of anybody who might come into this.
1: Yeah, that's cool. You've put in significant effort already, and you've you've got more to come. What has been the most rewarding part of this so far?
0: Um, probably building the team. Um, you know, we came in. Um, I think there were twenty-one people in the company when I when I came in, and, and I think there were three of us in the commercial side. Uh, Now the team uh, end of this year will be about 18 to 20 people on the commercial side and we should be pushing somewhere around 90, 95 people through the company. So I think just building that team um, and seeing everybody's kind of equal levels of passion to what we're trying to do uh, has been a lot of fun. It's been really rewarding from that standpoint.
1: That's cool. If you had to make a forecast on what the team or the organization or whatever looks like in the next, I don't know, three years, Mm-hmm. Any, any forecasts?
0: Um, you know, I don't know. The, the next three years is, is going to be interesting. Obviously, there's a lot of dynamics from a macro standpoint in the market right now that are, that are challenging. Uh, but I do, over time, I see us um, really as a standalone manufacturer. Um, really, we see insecticides going this direction long term. Um, we've got a couple fungicide candidates in discovery right now. Um, so we're, we're when we look at our company in the out years, we really see it as a standalone business um, and, and really functioning at a high level with you know multiple crop segments that we can service at that point. Um, I don't know if that's in three years, but yeah, maybe in the, the five to six year horizon uh, it's pretty realistic.
1: Yeah, it's hard. sometimes when things are moving so fast, uh, it's hard to know. Like, and then yeah, you, it's... <laughs> you say that's three years, and then eighteen months in, you're like, well, we're already there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And that, that's, that was really from an operational standpoint, our operations team's been fabulous. They have they have outpaced where we thought we would be at this point. Um, we didn't anticipate submitting for our Brazilian registration or being in row crops really until, um, mid 2024. And everything's been accelerated to where, you know, we'll be in row crop this year and then we're submitting for Brazilian registration in Q3 of this year. So, um, our operations team's done a really good job on that front and getting us in position.
1: I've got to ask, I'm just curious. In your day to day, when you're talking with somebody outside of the industry, and I'm guessing probably the word insecticide is a simple way for, for a normal everyday Joe to kind of understand, you know, what yeah. it is you're you're doing. You may not understand peptides or anything like that, but right. <laughs> but do they probably understand insecticide? Do they get the importance? Do they understand like what this means to yeah the livelihood of a grower and to like sort of generational impact on sort of that field and that type of thing. Do they understand that?
0: Um, I don't know. I think even in a public setting, insecticides still got a stigma tied to it as well. Right. And, and when you're talking to somebody who's not in the agricultural related field, um, it does take a little bit more conversation to help them understand what, you know, why these are so important to a, a grower's operation and to your point like generational um grower especially. Um, but it, it does it takes a lot of discussion just around you know you can't have the production you need um, with the efficiencies to feed a population that, that we're growing in the world um, to, to do it, you need new tools. And if you can have new tools that are softer uh, but still accomplish that same goal, it's better for everybody, right? It's better yeah. for the grower. It's better for the biodiversity of the farm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's better for the consumer. So I, I think if you can, if you've got the time and you can kind of walk somebody through it and get them to see the bigger picture. Uh, but it's tough. I mean, it's a, it's a very diverse world that we live in and, and sometimes you can get that message across and sometimes it's a little harder.
1: Yeah. I, I assume as a company, it's not that important right now. I mean, if, if everyday person has, very little awareness of it and they probably don't need to. But you personally, right? As you're explaining what oh, you yeah. do, I'm sure you get into that. People have some crazy ideas of like, oh, you don't need them at all, or they're all bad, or oh, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, you're okay. I thought they were bad, but now this is good. And I'm just uh, yeah. curious what that looks like in everyday life.
0: Yeah. And a lot a lot of times once people understand what we're doing, it's kind of exciting to them. so like, yeah. right, there there are other options that are out there. And um, you know, for us it's just we've got to tell the message to a larger audience, right? And you know, we're, we're getting more and more uh, in the conversations with CPGs and groceries and, um, you know, other uh, processors and, and kind of middlemen just to get them to understand, right? Because if, if they understand there's other options, then they can use that to market to their customers, right? Yep. So it's just, it's getting more people to tell the story, um, yeah. you know, through the process.
1: Yeah, I, I can see there being a day where sort of consumer influencers or retailers, if you will, will want to know an appreciation of this in like simple terms and language and yep. i kind of wonder if they wouldn't be similar to the row crop uh growers who are thinking oh the beneficials gets my attention that's interesting you know this is more targeted
0: yeah no i think it, right away i mean our 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 core positioning is really around you know when it when it comes to ES, anything esg is really around biodiversity i mean we we we're soft on beneficials we're soft on pollinators um, it kind of it tells that piece of the story that we're trying to get across and, and that resonates with pretty much everybody from the consumer to the CPG. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, again, to, to that point, the more people who understand the story and hear it, the, the easier it is to, to kind of gain that traction.